笑着。Hey everyone, and welcome back to Toy Story Minute, the podcast where we minutely check and watch the movie's Toy Story. I'm good at words. Yep, that's that's what I'm good am. job. Good job. <laughs> and I am also John, and that makes me Jeb. Yes, and what a great intro! Nailed it. Nailed it. Got in one. With us today, <laughs> we have special guest Brady, who has done a few minute shows in the past. He's done Jurassic Park Minute, Goonies Minute, and Ghostbusters Minute as well. Yeah. How you doing, Brady? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, it's exciting to be here. This is, you know, just uh, one of the best movies of the last 20, 25 years is, is Toy Story. But- the one that really kind of kicked off Pixar uh, as being like a household thing is just incredible. It's an incredible movie. And it, I mean, yeah. it kicked off a lot of things even oh, more yeah. than that. I mean, you look yeah. at animated movies, half of them are computer animated, and this mm-hmm. was the very first. Yep. Yeah, sure. I think we had um, sure. Princess and the Frog, the Disney film that came out a few years ago, and there was all the, you know, oh, we're going back to, to hand-drawn animation, and whereas it was good, and it still, it kind of had that classic feel to it, it was just so strange to take in, because it wasn't what I have become accustomed to. Whenever I think animation now, I think of, say, things like this, mm-hmm. or Moana, or Frozen, and then I try and not think about Frozen anymore, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's impossible to do now. Right, it's everywhere. You can't oh, yeah. let it go, you get can't. it? There is a song oh. that every single person in the entire Western civilization... If you've been living under a rock for the past few years, that's one of the songs from Frozen. The let film go. Frozen that you might have heard of by a, by a company called Disney. Interesting. They, they do some films. Getting out of traditional animation, I guess, was... I think what really did it was Home on the Range because Disney realized that they were bad at making movies for a little while. And then thought, you know how we can fix it? By making these computer animated. And then they made Chicken Little and everyone was like, that's not how you fix it. Because this is also bad. (laughs) Chicken Little might be the worst Disney. I mean, uh, um, I don't know. I haven't actually sat down and watched Song of the South. Me neither. That one also happens to be racist. So there's, but a lot of Disney's racist. Toy Toy Story is not. Like 1940s. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Dumbo. Dumbo is a great movie, but... Those crows, man. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> story, luckily, step outside of that, outside of those tropes. Oh, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Lucky for right. us. Yeah, I think maybe that's why Pixar films touch such a wide audience. And I mean, take a look at WALL-E. Half of WALL-E or more doesn't have any sort of spoken language in it. And you can mm-hmm. follow that movie so easily. Well, it's, it's, it's a universal. I mean, that's it's like when you look at old-timey live-action comedy things where... It was completely dialogueless, or even newer. Mr. Bean is not so old timey. You know, things without dialogue translate universally mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And mm-hmm. Wally is a great example. That's my favorite movie of all time. And yeah, I do admit to being a little childlike in taste. I mean, I'm doing a Toy Story podcast, but yep. I can get bored pretty easily in a movie. Wally captures my attention every time it's my favorite movie it's an amazing screenplay i I think that's part of why avatar is the you know highest grossing film worldwide of all time is because anyone can come into it and understand those themes and there's no language that any of us needed to already know and everyone had already seen dancing with wolves or fern gully or pocahontas or any of the other movies that was based off of yeah to be honest with you a lot of people give a grief for that but i'm like man that's that's a fun storyline that's a fun plot Mm -hmm. like i Mm -hmm. I love seeing it anytime somebody has a new take on on like 
guilt is uh <laughs> it's basically that <laughs> manifest <laughs> destiny the movie <laughs> let's see what were we talking about before this get out oh yeah before the recording yeah that's that yeah that's the other side of it I also mean, that yeah well i was thinking about this the other day because it's it's interesting to look at movies where an outsider comes in because inevitably they do bring their new ideas and their new take on things but then it's a little awkward when they're like, oh, I'm better at your culture than you are. <laughs> yeah, It's always a tricky needle to thread, I would you know, say. It's so interesting, too, because that really does tie back into Toy Story, and specifically these minutes where Woody is unable to accept or understand the fact that someone else has come in to his little society here and is suddenly hitting it off, and there's this sort of misunderstanding there mm-hmm. that ties into films. Again, we'll go back to Get Out. There's a scene where your lead character is at this kind of ritzy, I don't know about ritzy, but party yep. and there's all of these yeah, rich old white people and they all they can do is say like man I, I love Tiger Woods or <laughs> like, man, I voted just, like, for Obama twice yeah if uh <laughs> And they, they don't say this, but it's still ideas like this. Like, man, that new Kendrick Lamar album just spoke to me, dude. Yep. So it's so funny that this kind of comes back around to today's minutes, Toy Story yeah. minutes. Yeah. I mean, it, oh, it's interesting, yeah. too, because the idea here is that the stranger, the outsider who comes into town, is not right about things. I mean, Buzz has, for all intents and purposes, a huge identity problem, a huge problem with his mental health. At the end of the day, Buzz, his biggest effect is on Woody himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but speaking of <laughs> this movie, how about we talk about these minutes? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, no, man, let's get back to Get Out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, that would be that would be fascinating. Yeah. I would like to do that. Oh man, I might have to come out of uh, Movies by Minutes retirement just for that movie. Absolutely. I called. <laughs> Apparently, that's how things work. Dibs, there, so. dibs, everyone. So this minute, minute twenty-one, starts with Woody being murdered by a laser and ends with robot carrying a ship into frame. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the whole strange things sequence, which started in last minute, goes into next minute as well. But is this whole entire portion of the movie right? A great song, Absolutely. underrated. Yeah, it's great Randy Newman, song, man. Randy, Newman. Randy, good, good <laughs> stuff. He's really got the sound of these films. Absolutely, of Bugs Life, with great score. Mm-hmm. He's just such a perfect choice for really this. Was. He's got that kind of childlike quality and everything. If you go back and listen to his music throughout the years, not all of it is that kid friendly. Like oh, I was kind <laughs> of surprised, but his voice, his sound, his upbeat face—it's it's perfect, mm-hmm. perfect, perfect for these movies. I was doing because obviously. Uh, we eat, live, and breathe Toy Story right now, but uh, apparently Steve Jobs, at one point during the production of his movie, made a bunch of phone calls and was like, we need to get Bob Dylan in on this. Bob Dylan needs to be all the soundtrack for this. Uh, I'd rather have Randy Newman, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Randy wow. Newman does the good folksy stuff, but which I guess is what he was thinking of. But Randy Newman's a little bit more modern, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Dylan kind of would have... Oh, I would have been hearing Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah. he'd be, kind know? of take over everything. Which, yeah. the interesting Every time thing one of about songs how, comes on. how music works in this movie, because it's a Disney movie, so you don't think of it as... When it was made, Pixar wasn't a movie maker so much. They were thinking in the vein of, oh, we've all, all these musical Disney movies recently. What they decided to do was not have the character sing. Let's have someone come in and sing what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Which 
really you don't see that much in in movies now i think you saw it more in the 50s and 60s disney maybe i'm thinking lady and the tramp or peter pan where they would have a number with some choir singing about what's going on right yeah break into a music number Mm -hmm. just question of like where does something become a musical and where is it not like is the movie cabaret a musical or just a movie that features a bunch of musical numbers i thought about that too that's a good question especially with the live action bratz movie which oh yeah we've talked about that already (laughs) (laughs) it has like five musical numbers <laughs> but they all non-diegetic they're all a band is playing and people are singing with it right i'm still taken aback at the fact that there's like a full-length bratz movie we have to watch that sometime, i'm so taken aback by that. Yeah, i know that's, that's my first question yeah yeah he brought that up and i was like wait 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 back up it is amazingly bratz bad movie. and incredibly engaging things are happening a mile a minute get it mm-hmm. we're on a that's kind of yeah a minute yes. yeah get it a minute oh, man. yeah a unit of time. Can you tell how hard I'm laughing? Yeah, yeah. He's listeners. He's he he really does find me super funny right now. He's oh he's Gaffon. Oh Jeb, get off the floor. Where you're slapping my knees. You're, <laughs> you're Rufflin. Rufflameo. <laughs> <laughs> we see Andy starting to get into Buzz Lightyear stuff. Mm-hmm. He, he gets a costume that he makes himself. Yeah, he makes it himself. Which, I don't know if you noticed, but when he goes into the closet to change into it, the shadows move. There's a, a abrupt time skip of, I guess he was in the closet making his yeah. costume? Which, I mean, not that's, surprising to me. He's very creative. Yeah, that's dedication. He has a lot of boxes. But you notice that Woody must have been laying there the whole time because he only looks up after seeing Andy mm-hmm. go out of the room. Is what you're talking about right now, I believe it's one of the Toy Story films where someone goes into a room and there's supposed to be a passage of time. Now, in a live action film, there would be a cut and you can kind of tell that the camera has cut. And in one of these animated movies where that should not happen, you s- they added in that little cut, mm-hmm. that effect. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. It's one of the things that makes Pixar movies something that adults, we're the only people who are going to notice something like that. Right. A child isn't really probably going to pick up on that, You're but seven, a kid yeah. is going to get their movie out of this as well. And I can't think of, there's other examples well, like that. But Pixar is just, everyone's going to get their movie. In, in traditional animation, you see they use stretching and squashing to do movement. But the interesting thing that we've noticed in this is they use motion blur to essentially Mm -hmm. make it, it's not as much imitating an animated movie as it is imitating a live action movie. Right. So you'll, you'll get those directorial decisions. Mm -hmm. That's another thing I love about this movie too, is that one of the things that makes CGI animation believable to the eye is the way it handles like light catching light and this movie kind of does that it got better as they went mm-hmm. as the technology progressed but then you also get the faces of the humans that are still exaggerated and they're still cartoonish it's telling that for instance the character who changes appearances the most between movies is andy's mom she looks completely different in right. the sequels right because they figured out how to make humans better whereas the toys they already look pretty much the same yeah. as they did in, from Toy Story 1 to 2 to 3. Uh-huh. They're not going to change. Right, you know, they, their movements they are already age. toy-like. Well, it was a conscious decision, yeah, to use plastic figures for a mm-hmm. still kind of burgeoning Rough. technique. Yeah. yeah, It's a pretty good workaround. We've talked in previous minutes about the posters that Andy has, his ABC roundup yep. and all that. Now he has new ones about Buzz Lightyear. It sure does. Buzz says to call 911 in an emergency, which... I find him using for a superhero to be endorsing that because he's the one who should be <laughs> not once, with it. Do you think that in Star Command society that they he answers to nine one one? Look, it's Zerg. Call nine one one. No, it's like saying, "Look, it's Osama bin Laden." Call nine one one. Oh my God, Zerg's the number one enemy. Yeah, he sure is. <laughs> 
So yeah, let's see. If okay, then that must mean nine one one is a number that calls for help in Buzz's world in his mind. Maybe a space ranger uh, is like a cop. Yeah. I mean, that's what they are, right? They're that's, basically that's what it seems like it's basically Jedi Knights, but instead of the Force, they have Iron Man armor and guns, laser. Okay, guns. So yeah, was, yeah. Like, what was Buzz's occupation? I mean, uh, he's got a title and everything, but what exactly does that mean? So nine one one helps explain it so much. It really does. Well, we get more on Buzz's mission in future minutes down the line, but mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, for now, it's basically he's a space cop. He's like a park ranger, but the park is space. And he has weapons, mm-hmm. and park a park rangers, ranger has, like, a flashlight. That's a weapon to to <laughs> vampire. No, no, not to vampires. Nice. That's not sunlight. No. To cockroaches? Uh, no. How about uh, meth heads who have climbed into the park after hours when they're not supposed to be there? Oh, exactly. There yes. Go. Yes. You're going to need that little... Right, exactly. <laughs> Dude, I have some friends. So, you know, I live like pretty close to New Orleans mm-hmm. and there's massive cemeteries there that go on for miles and you really get lost in them because all the gravestones are these big tombs. And these idiot friends of mine decided to jump the gate one night and they're going through there and all of a sudden they started to hear like footsteps around them. Oh, and they would no. look and see the shadows of people like running around them, like multiple people. And it was probably just crackheads in there. Like, you know, that was where they, that was their mm-hmm. place. Their place or, to hang or out young and do teenagers drugs. who, you know. Or, yeah. I mean, we misguided. I lived like two houses down from a cemetery for about a year back in middle school, I would say. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean, that's where we go to ride bikes is the cemetery. Nice. Hey. Usually not in the middle of the night, but you know. Well, I mean, when I was a kid, I would go. There was this really sweet sledding hill by my house, but it just happened to be in the cemetery next to the cemetery. Like the cemetery wasn't like walled in or anything. It was just like the cemetery. And then at the edge of the cemetery, there was this steep hill. That works. You bury the bodies inside the hill. And if zombies are chasing you, you can run you can and sled down. Sled away. Safety. Perfect. Yeah. Or just think that there's a uh, space ranger yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Or if there's not a space ranger around, just call 911. <laughs> space ranger will show up. The next poster is the I want you to be a space ranger one, mm-hmm. which is obviously based on the Uncle Sam one. Yep. Which is also based on a earlier British one in 1914 when they were doing the British recruitment they had a thing of the secretary of war saying you know i want you to Mm -hmm. fight for your country interesting is buzz lightyear space uncle sam or space lord kitchener hmm (laughs) if you guys don't do like the patreon weekend bonus episodes that should be one right there (laughs) who buzz lightyear is his occupation is i mean eventually we'll probably yeah we'll we'll get we there's a lot of extra stuff to toy story that for now we're obviously we're focusing on the movie but yeah it's a it's a rich environment it sure is (laughs) so the last thing i spent a while just looking at is the buzz lightyear space ranger deep space code poster and mm-hmm. I was looking and looking and looking, trying to find out what it said, what the different letters said. And then it clicked when I Googled, and it's actually just Morse code. It's just the dots and dashes with Morse code. Oh. So Andy's learning Morse code. This kid is six. six not old. even six. His birthday's not till next week. Oh, yeah, because, the, yeah, the party was a week before his birthday. They spend two nights at Sid's house mm-hmm. later in the movie. So if they were being literal about the week, then this song takes place over... About four or five days. Yeah. Presumably, this is all in the week before the movie. It might not exactly be a week, but it's in that next week. Which so. is why it's a perfect time to put up yeah. a bunch of posters and change your bed sheets entirely. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. We figured out in with Jurassic Park Minute that it uh, it takes place over like a weekend, which I think they clearly say in the movie. But Goonies takes place in less than twenty four hours. Yeah, that's weird. That's that's weird the weirdest to thing of. to think about in movies, in my opinion. Like when you think about Star Wars. 
Mm-hmm. They don't sleep in Star Wars. Well, they sleep once, but right. they don't sleep once they leave Tatooine. In Phantom Menace, they don't sleep. Right. So, and they're traveling between planets, so what is a day there? Exactly how much time is actually going by. For all you know, Luke Skywalker is mourning Obi-Wan Kenobi after he's known him for a few hours? Right. Enough time to just to travel a couple hours out to a spaceport, and then a few hours out to the Death Star, and then... Then he says goodbye. Yep. Yeah. Spoiler alert, Obi-Wan dies. (laughs) Sorry to burst everyone's bubble, I guess. (laughs) You were waiting on watching Star Wars, Brainy? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love the bedsheets because that is a callback because earlier Andy got bedsheets for his birthday Mm -hmm. from some kid who does not... One of the kids who doesn't really know what a good (laughs) gift is. I like Woody's shocked face on seeing the bedsheets because I get the symbolism, but... He had to have known that the bedsheets were there. Right. Because he looks down and all of a sudden they're buzz yeah. light your bed. He's like, when did this happen? Face when did so this happen? incredibly shocked. And then we get uh, a, a Jurassic Park reference. That's right. Now, I listened really, really, really close to see if the audio was the exact same. You, I mean, you are when, referring when Rex to... Rex roars, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it's not an exact roar from the movie, which I want to say in Toy Story 3, they pulled that again and it was... I, I, think, I think you're right, yeah. Uh, uh, like... There are Jurassic Park references yeah, in all three movies too, because the Toy Story two has the mirror shot. Mm-hmm. It's it's cool that uh, films as iconic as that with their little moments or sound clips. You know, you can pull those over, and people are immediately just gonna, hey, I get mm-hmm. it, I know what they're doing. And a movie like Toy Story, you could do something like that. I mean, they but, do it a uh, lot, a lot work, in this movie. Yeah, and it's I, I don't know, man, it's it's fun mm-hmm. in something like this. You know, I always enjoy picking stuff like that up, and whenever it's not too direct, not too in your face. Yeah, it's, like when it yeah, takes, like, was that back. just a reference to Jurassic Park, or was that just a Star Wars reference, or... Yeah. And then you have to, like, go back yeah. and watch it again, it's like, oh yeah, it was, it was, that's really cool. Especially with with sound effects that are obviously borrowed. What is the T-Rex roar, like, how did they make that? What is that made from? All of the dinosaurs in, in Jurassic Park were comprised of very unlikely things. One of them is a baby elephant, Aww. and you can actually kind of hear that when his roar hmm. begins. And then one of them is a donkey that they have just slowed down and stretched. <laughs> yeah, I'm I know. sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And they just took this sound and just like slowed it down, made it uh, much longer. And I think there's an alligator and something else I'm, I'm forgetting or whatever. But whenever you comprise these things, you get this very realistic sound, very effective sound. I could not have watched Jurassic Park mm-hmm. for 20 years and still be able to hear that sound and know exactly what it is. I saw Jurassic World, what, two years ago or something? And I cannot tell you what the Indominus Rex sounds like. So when you really nail it with sound design. You're doing something right when someone says that, okay, 20 years after, or I cannot have seen the movie in several years and still be right. able to hear it in my head. Which it's interesting. A lot of the so. iconic sounds from this movie are like we like we said, they're, they're ripped whole from other movies. Mm-hmm. It gives a little bit of a charm because we are yeah. looking at toys, you know, they're, they're products. Mm-hmm. They're not original. Well, and then Buzz in the one of the most recent minutes with the with the, the Darth, the Vader, Darth breath. Vader breath. Yes, yeah. yes. It was Buzz, yeah. I mean, we've already gone oh, through yeah. Yeah, a few references. It's interesting, I recognize this because I was a, I guess was, is a singer, whatever, uh, and in high school took voice lessons and things like that. And Buzz is merely, he's correcting Rex's stance and he also does a demonstration of breathing deeply into your diaphragm, which does a lot for him. Mm-hmm. And so true. You see, because it blows Mr. Potato Head's parts off, mm-hmm. that it also, I guess, he, toys can breathe air? 
and a lot of air and with a lot that of force. That goes back to the uh, whole anatomy thing. Like, uh, obviously, I guess that means Rex has lungs. Rex has some lungs, or maybe his whole body. Because no human being could yell loud enough to take the parts off a of Mister Potato Head. But somehow, a toy right. that is a few inches tall can. It's funny that these these are things that are going on that like we probably wouldn't be able to see. Yeah. Did you guys see the movie Sausage Party that came out? An animated year? movie, but with yeah, okay. jokes for adult people. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. But there's a moment where he's looking through a menu and he's starting to see things the way that the food would see it. And instead of someone biting into just a slice of pizza, yeah. it's a slice of pizza that's screaming and like blood is gushing from it. And so it's almost like Andy might as well very well be in the room and he might not be able to sense something like that going on. That this is just something that's only apparent to the toys as they are right. experiencing them. That's kind of a well, stretch. Well, uh, there's very clear boundaries that the know, toys don't yeah, want to be seen. So uh, presumably this is while Andy is out playing somewhere else. That's true. Which, what yeah. is he doing right now? Because it's during that the day true. and we know he doesn't have good friends because the birthday party pretty much established that. Right. And he's not playing with any of his toys. He might cool. be playing with, well, no, he can't be playing with Buzz because he's playing with Buzz's talking with Yeah, Rex. Buzz is right there with Rex. Maybe he's not, not with his mom doing something. Yeah, maybe his mom took him to the store or something. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that makes sense. You don't want to bring a toy into the store because you'll get carded mm-hmm. no. as you leave. Was not That's not what the actual phrasing is, but that's the only thing that I can think of. Right. Hey, man. Yeah, I totally I came in here with did this, not I steal this, wink. Like, <laughs> we know how this works. Speaking of walking around, right. Etch is just walking around with a picture of Buzz on it. Right. <laughs> Why? You just does just is that a, a regular habit of just I guess adding another insult or whatever to <laughs> Woody's damaged that, pride. Do you think that Etch would walk around with a picture of Woody? I don't. <laughs> I don't. That maybe Andy drew it. Maybe because we know he's very artistic and, and skilled. Etch is just not not taking it down. Etch is proud of it. Yeah. Which Andy's then going to be like, oh, who shook my Etch sketch? Well, I'm sure that when Andy comes in, he like remembers what. Andy had drew not drawn on him last, if it's something like that important. Well, yeah, because it's a complex picture. I mean, it's not as well done as the gun earlier. Right. So that and makes you me think Etch, Etch can... probably didn't draw it. Right. Well, that's interesting, because that's Woody taking out something on Etch for what Andy did. Which, we were talking briefly before the recording that Woody's jealousy isn't just over who Andy's favorite toy is. Almost all the things in this minute are just Buzz and the other toys, not Buzz and Andy. So Woody kind of is a father figure to these other toys and Buzz is taking that when he when he does things with the other toys. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because Woody just frames it as Andy's not going to play with me because he's playing with Buzz. But the true relationships these toys have are between the toys, not between them and Andy. Right, right. Which <laughs> a little more into in Toy Story 3. Oh yeah, because Andy... Yeah. Almost does nothing with the toys then. Yeah. One of the darkest films I have ever seen. Sickening when they just start holding hands as they're moving down into the... Uh, <laughs> uh, goodness. This, is, this is for much later, but I don't know if you saw back when that movie came out, someone made an edit of that movie where they took, they took that movie, went right to the scene where they're about to go into the trash and they're all holding hands, and then just put the credits oh, right yeah. after it. Oh, no. And then put it on a DVD. And they just, it was a YouTube video of, like, someone's mom watching it. And they're going, what? What? Why would they have it like that? God. 
See, that's the kind of thing, like, remember in Fight Club how Tyler Durden would hijack these movies in the movie theater because he was a projectionist? And put pictures of ding-dongs in them, yeah. Exactly. Yep. It's the kind of thing somebody really should have done with Toy Story 3. Right. <laughs> you know, considering their audience, just a bunch of little kids who, uh... Moral of the story, kids, life doesn't always have a happy ending. And sometimes... Lesson learned. It has ding-dongs in it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the lesson, the real lesson. Right. I love Buzz combing the troll's hair because we established that... The troll can't move her arms. Right. So she can't ever comb her own hair. And it's a little sad. What, where do you think he got the, the comb for the troll's hair? Because he can't have just had it at the bathroom lying around. I guess. Did they have go on a mission to get the... The army men finally came back and they sent him on another mission. <laughs> the troll needs her hair combed. <laughs> uh, Buzz is so camp in this moment, too. He's doing all the hairdresser talk and yep. uh, moving his hand all mm, the time. Like, yeah. Not to throw even more shade on Tim Allen, but unlike Tim Allen, Buzz is very confident in expressing himself. I mean, he's not insecure in his masculinity at all. He's yep. very... Buzz would be a good father to a boy or a girl because he can relate to all these other toys, mm-hmm. even though he doesn't understand them at all. Right. He still thinks he's a space ranger and they're all just toys. Yeah. And he still is being yeah. this paternal and whatnot. Kind of heartwarming because we've talked about how Woody is a father figure and not just to Andy, but to the toys. And now we see, yeah, once again, Buzz taking it over. Mm-hmm. And arguably doing a better job of it. <laughs> and the troll, we know she can't move her arms, which makes it that much even brighter. that much better. Especially because next when she's doing the, uh, they're, they're doing the workout, she's just standing there next to her weight. Yeah. Just standing completely still, yep. like, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks for right. including me, Buzz. <laughs> Rex is doing more of squats than arm lifts. It feels like he should be doing better. I mean, no, his arms are puny, but. That doesn't mean they're not, like, muscular. I mean, yeah. most of what he's doing should be lifting with his, his legs because he's in that wide stance. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. We've talked a lot about toy anatomy, but they can't grow muscles, right? They don't have muscles. Hmm. So what's this yeah, workout guess... for? Maybe this is to just to get more toned, not to get more muscle. Well, to stay their bodies fit, would change? To stay fit for when Andy plays with them. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine going back home to one of your childhood toys and they've gotten fat? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the kind of thing that you think Woody would be reminded of making fun of them for. Like, hey, you're a toy. You're not going to get muscles or whatever. <laughs> right. But as soon as Buzz comes around, he would be encouraging something like that. Like, hey, you can work out and get fit like me and stay strong. It's good but for Buzz you. Buzz is a space ranger and he is well, all about that physical fitness, I bet. But even yeah. there, this is before Buzz knows that he can breathe the air. Right. So... Presumably, he's got some sort of air supply in his suit, and he's doing aerobic exercise. That's a huge mm-hmm. waste of your... You gotta get the... get the. I mean, I'm sure that in his mind, he has more of an air supply in his box slash... Uh, spaceship? Spaceship. Yeah. And so, like, if he ever goes into a spaceship, it, like, recharges him or something like that. Does Matt Damon do exercises in The Martian or anything like that? I've not seen The Martian, but I'm you assuming not. seen The Martian? Nope. It's so good, Jeff. Yeah, I hear we're missing out. Mm-hmm. Wait, Brady, you haven't seen it either? That's what I've heard. I, no, I haven't seen it. Dude, I've kind of given up on Ridley Scott, which well, is not fair, because I should not I should only do that if I have seen all of his movies. Right. Yeah, but no, I hear. I do hear The Martian's quite good. Mm-hmm. The Immediately after seeing it, I went out and got the book, too, because it's, it's very good. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's a really engaging read, too. When Buzz is doing the treadmill thing... 
not only is Mr. Spell doing a calorie count, but Buzz checks his pulse, I think. Which, again, with the whole muscle thing, toys don't, they don't have to eat. They don't use cellular respiration and ATP and all that noise to get energy, presumably. But also, Buzz doesn't know he's a toy. Even so, how can he check his pulse through armor? Yeah, I know. He's wearing a yeah, suit. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. You can't You can't check your pulse unless it's really out there mm-hmm. through He's also clothing. So just, like, lost in his own mind that he probably wouldn't even notice. think about that. Yeah. You don't yeah. think his universe is internally consistent? Because he, he I don't know does a lot of mental gymnastics. That is very true. That is very true. I, I yeah. think maybe the creators of the Buzz Lightyear franchise might not have thought it out. Right. Yeah. They're like, whatever. Yeah. They're going to get it. Yeah. It's the kids. They're dumb. <laughs> They'll understand what's going on enough. When Buzz is doing repair at the end of the thing, well, not quite doing his repair yet, there's one last thing that I found on, I think, IMDb, where two of the blocks that you see prominently say BZ, and that is a reference to the movie's animation and layout manager, BZ Petroff. I don't know what they stand yeah, for, cool. but that's a cool-sounding name. Mm-hmm. So I'm for it. I assume BZ would be like Andy's way of spelling buzz. Oh, that works too. But then the huh. toys set that up, right? I mean, Andy Probably. doesn't care about the box, whether the box is that's fair. fixed. Very uh, very nice sequence. Mm-hmm. I like the Strange Things sequence. It's, it's a good minute. Strong. It's yes. a very good minute. Either you have any anything else to say about this? The Strange Things that are happening to me ain't no doubt about it. Not really for this one. Looking forward to the next one, though, for sure. Right. All right. Well, then... Brady, for any of your future creative endeavors or anything like that, uh, where can people listen to this find you? You can still hear the last movies by minutes shows that we've produced, Ghostbusters Minute, Jurassic Park Minute, and Goonies Minute on iTunes or anywhere else uh, quality podcasts like this one can be found. Well, there must be non-quality podcasts on those things, too. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah. I don't want to assume. (laughs) We also have a uh, podcast network called Pele Media, and uh, currently what we're really focused on is a sports show that we're producing called Undrafted. We also have our Patreon subscription shows that we release every Saturday, and you can find those at patreon.com slash Media, P-E-L-E, and for just a dollar a month, you can get access to our entire back catalog and everything else that we've got coming up. A lot of cool stuff like that. That's where you can find us, patreon.com slash Media. All right. Nice. Um, And you can find us on Twitter at Toy Story Minute. We're setting up a Facebook page. I mean, this is recorded, spoiler alert, in advance. Shocking. I think we decided on the name for... Are we going to do Andy's Room colon Toy Story Minute Roundup? Something along those lines. Yeah. Which, if you just search Toy Story Minute... On, on Facebook, you could probably find that. Or we'll... It'll be in the descriptions for podcasts, uh, the podcast released after we make that page. And uh, you can find it there. So go on there and we'll have some nice discussion about what's going on in Toy Story, any news that's going on. And that's where you can uh, talk with your fellow listeners about mm-hmm. us. Discuss and dissect our dissections of... The Toy Story movies. Just get layers in. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So uh, we will see you uh, tomorrow, listeners. And as always, you're my favorite deputy listener. And you've got a friend in me. And me. And presumably Brady. Brady, do they have a friend in you? Of course. Always, man. Always. (laughs) Just stop on by. Always welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right.